This podcast is produced by the ABA Journal. We bring you the latest legal news every day from around the web. Visit us online at abajournal.com. Libby Harmon, a 2011 graduate of the University of Kansas School of Law, estimates that only 20% of her class left with jobs. She's one of the lucky ones with a paid internship at the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Among recent law school graduates with jobs, it seems that many of them found an area that sparked them and pursued it, rather than trying to follow the safest path. I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward, and that's what we're discussing today at the ABA Journal Podcast. It's probably about my second year. You know, I'd taken all my first-year classes, and I thought, well, I don't really like any of the classes I've taken, except for maybe contracts. As an undergraduate, Harmon was a pole vaulter at the University of Kansas. And she started to think about how she could use that undergraduate experience during her second year of law school. Also, while applying for summer jobs in law school, she noticed that places like the NCAA were hiring interns, and much of the work involved going over contracts. In law school, Harmon got a job working as a graduate assistant at the Kansas Athletics Compliance Office. Um, I spent a lot of my time... um auditing official visits and um, auditing camps and clinics that um, coaches put on. So um, when a prospective student-athlete in any sport comes to KU for their official visit, um, there are several things that, um, several rules and and regulations that um, the coaching staff and the current student-athletes at that school have to abide by to make sure that um, everyone comes on an official visit, gets the same sort of treatment, and that it's fair. And so I will be going through on the back end after that official visit has taken place and make sure um, that all of those rules and regulations are, are followed. And, and if there's a problem, um, then I would go to my supervisor and, you know, we would maybe have to investigate further, ask some more questions um, if there's something that just doesn't quite match up. Um, same with uh, camps and clinics that uh, coaches put on um, with the prospect age kids coming to, you know, a basketball camp at KU, and I'm making sure, going through and making sure all the rules and, and regulations are followed and that no one's getting preferential treatment and everything's fair. Um, and so that's what I spend um, a lot of my time doing, well, as well as um, um, some other various tasks but that's the majority of my time spent, which helps me learn the uh, NCAA rules and and bylaws um, in doing that. The NCAA internship lasts one year. I will be working in enforcement um, actually as an intern. It's um, a year-long position, and I will be mostly handling secondary violations and amateurism, gambling, and agent issues uh, that come up with uh, the membership schools. It's a paid internship, and and, um, the money isn't what I would be making if I were in a private firm, um, you know, private practice, but it's uh, such a door opener that I'm willing to, um, you know, take another year and and just learn and and then um, go from there. Joe Krauss a 2009 graduate of the University of Oregon School of Law, was just hired for a full-time staff attorney job with the Northwest Energy Efficiency Alliance in Portland, Oregon. He spent the past two years doing contract work for the Alliance and the Energy Trust of Oregon. 
I mean, it was a pretty bleak year for job prospects for me and pretty much everybody in my class. So, you know, I there was one job I was looking at. Um, other than that, there wasn't much out there. Krauss says a law student got involved with his school's green business initiative. He also did an externship with the Energy Trust. And I really liked my time at, at Energy Trust. I just never thought that that would lead to anything after school. Um, you know, I'd kind of written that off. His third year, Krauss applied for a job doing outreach work for the law school's green business initiative. He didn't get it, but during the application process, checking of references, he learned that the Energy Trust had contract work available. Shortly afterward, Krauss also got contract work from the Northwest Energy Efficiency Alliance. Somebody had mentioned that Energy Trust had me working for them as an independent contractor um, on a part-time basis. and. So the Northwest Energy Efficiency Alliance expressed interest in talking to me about helping them out, doing similar things for them. And uh, so a few months into it, I talked to Northwest Energy Efficiency Alliance and was able to uh, start working for them uh, as the only attorney in their office. And um, so I've been working for them doing their contracts process and helping them out with all the legal issues that they're facing. And, you know, through that, through those two jobs, I managed to cobbled together a full week's worth of work. So um, overall, I mean, I'm very happy with what, what I what happened with me, and, and even, you know, I'm happy that there weren't other jobs available and other jobs that were available. I was happy that I, I didn't get because I would much rather be where I'm at right now. Krauss would not reveal his income from the two positions, but said it was between $50,000 and $100,000, and enough to pay his bills. In my situation, it was definitely for the best for me. Um, I like how where I currently am at, there's a variety of different things I face every day. Uh, there's new stuff all the time. Um, there's different areas of law that I, I practice and that I have to deal with. Um, I haven't been kind of pigeonholed into one area. Um, and, you know, I feel like I, I have a lot of responsibility, too, um, which sometimes you don't get right out of law school. The sluggish job market for lawyers, Krauss says, for him has been a blessing. There probably would have been more job offers maybe from firms, and I might have taken that. Um, but I guess in taking those jobs at a firm, the end goal would have been to work in-house somewhere at an organization like I'm doing. So I, I think that in a weird way kind of accelerated my my career path into working in-house somewhere. Um, I actually really like what I do. Um, I guess, you know, if I could have painted a dream job before or while I was in school, um, when I was at University of Oregon, I uh, was there when the school started and I helped start their green business initiative. And they had a strong focus on green business and um, trying to integrate our business law and environmental law. And, you know, when we started talking about that, I I just got very, very interested in, in pursuing that. And that's when I just called Energy Trust and asked if, if I could be an extern there. Things worked out for Krauss largely because he found an area that interested him early in law school, and he got actual experience in the field through internships. I guess for me what worked, um, I always felt when I was in law school, you know, the time, my time was best spent doing, getting practical experience and also 
networking, even though I hate that term, but networking with people. Um, and, you know, I think right now there's a lot of jobs out there. You know, people can post a job and get 300 applicants and more sometimes depending on the job. Um, a lot of the resumes look the same. Uh, you know, the, the way that from, I think to get to the top of the, those pools is one to have some sort of connection with somebody. I mean, that's how people are getting jobs right now. Um, and a lot of the people that are getting jobs right now aren't getting them from posted jobs. It's because they've talked to somebody that's talked to somebody that knows somebody has an opening. I mean, I know like one or two people have gotten jobs through openings that are listed somewhere, and the rest have all gotten it through, you know, hitting the pavement and just talking to people and making sure people know that they're out there and they, they want a job. So my best advice would be to start sitting down, having coffee with people, start going to events and, and talking to people, um, and start making it known that you're going to be graduating soon. And also take advantage of an opportunity in school to get real practical legal experience um, because at both places I work for right now, um, a big reason why they wanted me to work for them was because they knew I already had experience working in-house for a nonprofit that dealt with energy efficiency. Um, and I also had experience working at the small business clinic and working with clients, and they found that to be very appealing to them. So um, network and practical experience. Finding something that interests you in law school and examining the job possibilities that the area has to offer is good advice, says Donna Gerson. She previously worked in career services at the University of Pittsburgh School of Law and now is a writer and speaker on legal career issues. There's a real, there's a real push to pull you here. Um, a JD degree is a generalist degree, so there's no expectation necessarily that you're supposed to specialize. But what I see is that the legal market certainly rewards students and recent graduates who are willing to focus on a practice area uh, or areas with genuine passion. So I, I always counsel students to come to law school with an open mind and be willing to look at various practice niches uh, based on their true interests and passions and not on a lot of externalities. You want to do things that you personally really like a great deal and that you have a talent for because, you know, the common sense notion is that you're going to be better at those things. So just saying to somebody, tax is one of those recession-proof practice areas, that, that's great, except if you hate tax law um, and you don't want to show up and do that on a day-to-day -day basis, you're probably going to be very unhappy and you won't be very, very good at it. Leaving your options open is a good idea, too. Law is very cyclical, and it depends on the vagaries of, of the economy. So if you read one of those surveys and they say real estate is totally hot and you decide to focus all your time and attention on real estate, you might find that a few months or shortly thereafter that something like the mortgage crisis happens and the bubble bursts and no one's working in real estate deals for the foreseeable future, so what do you do now? And knowing something that you think would be right for you turns out to be not such a good fit. Gerson mentions a recruiting event she put together at the University of Pittsburgh School of Law for the FBI. People showed up because it sounded like a sexy, cool job, and it's a very important job. Um, one of the things that was noted by the FBI agent speaking to the law students was that an FBI agent 
always carries a weapon, that they must discharge that weapon and may, and are taught to basically shoot to kill. They're not there to wing somebody in the arm. And so if you're somebody who, A, does not want to carry a weapon 24-7 for your work, and B, feels very uncomfortable at the idea of shooting somebody and killing them, this might not be a career choice for you. And I remember looking at the audience of students there, and some people were nodding their head very positively, like, this is totally cool. And some people were sitting there going, oh, no, this isn't for me. Griffin advises law students and lawyers looking for work to have a variety of career plans. Your first choice may not work out, she says, for a variety of different reasons. Also, some students find out they're happy doing something they may never have imagined themselves doing if they didn't spend time exploring options. So it's a real balancing test uh, in terms of looking to things that really make you happy with the understanding that the legal market might dictate that you have to be a little more general in your approach um, because, you, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you say, for example, I only want to do sports and entertainment law and agent work. Um, and then you find yourself in a position whether, you know, you can't move to the location where those jobs are or it's just so competitive that you can't find anything that then you're doing nothing. So you really have to weigh and balance those options. I think that many people, not to overgeneralize, but many people come to law school thinking, well, I'm getting this JD degree and that's got to be my ticket. And so all I have to do is earn this JD degree and then poof, something wonderful is going to happen to me. They, they don't, they're not quite sure what this, this something is going to be, but they feel that by earning this graduate degree uh, in this you know, very high-profile profession that somehow everything's going to somehow fall into place. I, I think the reality is that you have to really focus because law is a huge field. You know, you, you have private practitioners, you have the judiciary, you have government lawyers, public interest lawyers, you have the whole non-traditional sector of lawyers who are doing sort of quasi-legal work. You have people who are in-house at, uh, at, at corporations. So there's a, a wide range of ways that you can practice law. And while the JD degree is the common theme, what, what I think people don't understand is that there are truly temperaments to different types of practice areas and that you just can't take a securities lawyer and plop them into the public defender's office and expect them to shine because people come with their own personal experiences, their own personal values, their personality types, um, and this all informs a decision about what makes for a really good lawyer. This podcast was brought to you by the ABA Journal. For more podcasts on the legal issues of the day, visit us online at abajournal.com or subscribe for free to the ABA Journal podcast on iTunes.